You know what I've missed most about sports since we've been sheltering in place? Just going to a spot and watching a game with friends. It's just not the same watching it at home. Even when the Warriors are winning, I just, it's just not the same. But luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland, they've got our back. Did you know they shut down the entire side street next to them just to create the town gardens? The spot is amazing. It's got TVs everywhere, comfortable seating. It's got their full food and bar service. I mean, this place is dope. I went the other day with Bram, and officially, it's our go-to spot for all sports, especially the dubs. So hopefully we'll see you there. And as a special thank you, if I see you wearing a Warriors Huddle shirt, next beer is on me. The Athletic Club Oakland. That's where sports fans can finally be sports fans again. Steve said to us, uh, you know, he's been saying for about a month now, like, our run is coming, our run is coming, and maybe even longer than a month, and you would kind of feel like it's coming, and, you know, we take a couple steps back. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in. Where's Huddle with me, Bram, with me per usual, my boy, producer Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce, after waiting way too long, honestly, rejoining us, the former Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, the current national NBA writer for USA Today, and a guy who just wouldn't be afraid in any shape or form to meet Connor Letourneau in a dark alley, Mr. Funky Cole Medina. Mark Medina, what's going on, Mark? what's up? Hey, I was insistent on recording this where you could see me rocking the merch here, the Warriors huddle. Um, excited to be back on. It, it's you, been way too long. I've been waiting patiently on my phone, waiting for that text from Bram. And I guess he had to go through a few more rejected guests before he would get to me. I don't mind telling you I'm a little disappointed to hear that. I thought you have just been waiting in this Zoom meeting room since the last time we recorded with your Warriors Huddle shirt on. So the fact that you actually have gone <laughs> other places, you know, is what it is. You know we love you. You know we really appreciate the support. And you also know something that the audience doesn't. So we have been doing the intro music uh, up until now for, I don't know, a few guests. But today was the first time that we took a request. I reached out to Mark, let him know that we we're going to be doing the intro, and he hit me back with the talk. Own Loke, along with both a uh, kind of a cryptic message and a promise. He said, look, this can't tell you now, but this song will perfectly segue into a Warriors off-court report. So let's do it, big man. Warriors off-court subject, Tone Loke. What do you got? Yeah, well, as you can probably imagine, there's been a lot of people over the years that decide to give me that nickname, Funky Cole Medina. That includes the Warriors assistant coach, Bruce Frazier. And during my time on the beat, we had this ongoing argument of whose nickname is the greatest. He would always say, man, Funky Cold, you got the greatest nickname in the history <laughs> of the universe. And I'd be like, dude, like, you go by Q. That is the best nickname ever, ever. It's a single letter. And we would always disagree. I am adamant that Bruce Frazier, known as Q, has the best nickname. But he, uh, he believes otherwise. What do you think? I think that I'm going to call you Funky Cold from here on out. I don't, I'm not even going to address Q. I'm just going to be calling you Funky Cold as we go forward. Um, but I would like someone to weigh in, and I'm hoping they give you crap. Marcus, what do you think? Which of those two is the better nickname? Feel free to disappoint Mark, too. 
Um, I can't do it. I absolutely funky cold Medina, hands down. It's perfect. I don't know why we didn't think of that earlier, but great, great intro song. And that is forever your intro song now, no matter what you do. And speak for yourself. I mean, I thought of it a hell of times. I just didn't say it. It's weird. It's just, it's just been right you, you in the back just, of my head. You're just scared. You're you're worried how I'd react. Because, I mean, you heard all these stories of just the, the fights I would have with Conor Letourneau and exactly. how he'd wind up in the hospital. You don't want to... I'm not getting punched in the face, dude. That's exactly right. The last thing I need is a fight because, as I've said multiple (laughs) times, I can't fight for shit. Boys, let's talk Warriors, and let's start where we always do. Glass half full. Mark, you've done this with us now, so you know where we're going. Look into recent history. I want something you like and don't from the Warriors. I'll go first. Something I don't I'm going to start with. It's impossible to have an expectation with this team. In fact, I've come to the portion where the only thing you can expect is not to expect anything. You know, I I came in so nervous in that first Pelicans game. They come out on fire. They look hot as hell. They're like, we are world beaters. I'm on board for it. I'm all fired up. We go into the second one. I'm assuming we're going to have a similar level of effort that they've figured it out. And it's, you know, it's a mixed bag. They looked okay. And then they ultimately throw it away. So what I don't like is... Even though we are, you know, less than what six games left in the season, we still don't necessarily know what we're going to see on the floor on a game-to-game basis. But I'll also give you something that I like, and I'm not even sure how to phrase it. But what I like is how shitty it must feel for the defender to be matched up with Steph out on the outside. Steph pulls up for the 45-footer, and then they've got, or I guess not 40, but 35-footer, and then they've got to do that thing where the, the defender has to turn around and see whether or not the shot is going to go in. But they know it's going to go in, you know? And there's not a whole lot of sporting moments where you know you're screwed before you're screwed because sports move so quickly. The the quickest or the, the closest to that I can come is when a pitcher is giving up a home run. And, you know, they don't want to do that turnaround and watch it go over the fence, but they kind of know it. I just love watching that and it's one of my favorite things so watching Steph put someone in a blender and have them know they're screwed before they're screwed it's what I like Mark what do you got like don't like well what I like has been what I've liked all season it's Steph Curry and I think to build on top of your point the other thing that I've enjoyed this season and in past seasons because Steph has been great in those years as well is when he knows the shots going in and he's doing preemptive celebrations you know where He's dancing before the shot even goes in, or he, he's turning around to get back on defense before he even goes in. That never ceases to entertain me, and I could watch it hours on hours on end. It's entertaining enough seeing him pull up from the logo from 30 feet, but I love the preemptive dances, celebrations the most out of all of it. And what I dislike, uh, I think you hit it on the head, the unpredictability. I sense going into the season, this is what the Warriors should be going through, a lot of – you know, one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back, a, a lot of up and downs. But I think the thing that isn't excusable is when there's these, you know, really monumental blowout losses like to the Dallas Mavericks the other week where you do this pivotable game that could have playoff stakes and they just don't show up ready to play. Uh, I thought the bare minimum would be, hey, they might not have enough talent to win on a night-to-night basis, but they're always going to be, you know, the little engine that could. They're always – you know, hustling. And there's been games where sometimes they just completely wet the bed. 
unfortunately true. I'd use a different phrase than wet, but I think we're on the exact <laughs> same. Uh, I think they're on the same level. Marcus, Maxim, let me ask you this. So I obviously I agree with Mark. I love watching Steph celebrate before he has justification for celebrating. If he played for somebody else, you know, like if Harden did this or like some player who is an, an opposing guy, not part of our family, would it annoy you? You know, would it drive you crazy or do you think we'd still enjoy it? I probably wouldn't. I mean, when Harden doesn't, I hate it. So, you know, it'd be hard for me to sit here and say, oh, I wouldn't, but um, a lot of people just don't like Steph, but probably I would. I mean, he, he plays with such a joy and passion. I don't see how you couldn't like it. Um, but go ahead, Mark. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> I'll break it down two ways. One, I mean, if you're an opponent or a fan of other team, of course you're going to, dislike when a star showing you up and just dropping so many points on you. But I think as someone in my field where it's like, I don't have any stakes. All I care about is great stories to write and fun performances to see. I think the difference between how Steph celebrates his heroics is a lot different than some of the other star players where maybe he's doing these preemptive celebrations and showboating, but he's never doing it directly to the other team. A lot of times He's facing his own bench. He's looking at his teammates. They're having all these moments of joy as opposed to moments of, hey, I just humiliated you and I'm looking over you while you're hunched over on the ground. And so that's where I feel that how Steph reacts to heroics is a lot different and more tolerable than, you know, maybe when Russell Westbrook's having his outburst or when James Harden's doing his flailing to get to the three-point line um objectively i think the way steph does it's a lot more respectful and uh tolerable well i think you can also make the argument even if you what you're right um and to borrow marcus's phrase because he is so joyful it doesn't come off with an fu tinge perhaps as it could but i think even opposing fans even people who hate steph have to admit it's good for the game you know this is a television show when he does that stuff it makes you feel it might make you feel happy it might make you feel frustrated it makes you feel one way and that by definition is good television marcus what do you got like don't um, like, I like that Steph is on track to lead the league in scoring. Um, it's not something that really matters in the grand scheme of winning, but I think it answers a lot of questions of, is Steph really a superstar? Was he only good because Clay was there and Draymond was there and KD was there? I think the way that he's, um, kind of just accelerated his scoring potential in different ways that he can do it. It's just been a nice um, F you to the people who said that he wasn't the great player that he is. Um, what I don't like is that the way our seeding is matching up, if we get into the playing tournament and then win that game, we'll probably be matched up against Utah. And I, I would love to see Denver or Phoenix in that order. I think Denver's right for an upset. Jamal Murray being out, Joker, you know, the Joker's obviously a phenomenal talent. They have a lot of good people there on that team that's why they're the third seed but I just think if Golden State gets hot Curry goes on a run and everybody's healthy and Ure comes back looks like he doesn't need surgery I like our chances against a Denver in the playoffs and maybe even Chris Paul choking or or Phoenix having an injury too because they haven't had a big one for a little bit 
Maxime, keep the mic, but I'm going to change the question and let me give you um, a little leeway here, or at least an intro. So we're going to flip over segments. I'm going into the Warriors Oracle, and the reason I'm doing that will be obvious in a couple of seconds here. Mark, in case you don't remember, Warriors Oracle is basically a mailbag, man. We've asked people to reach out, give us questions, um, and they do that. They're normally phenomenal. And they also occasionally get personal. So brace yourself. We're going to get invasive here probably pretty quick. But here's why I switched it over. And Maxime, I'd like you to answer first. Here's our first question. What team should Warrior fans hope Golden State faces in the first round, assuming they make it out of the play-in tournament? And as Marcus just outlined, there's basically four people. The, the top of the Western standings are pretty tight. So it's going to be either Utah, Phoenix, Denver, or the Clip. We know who MT wants. Maxime, who would you select? Yeah, I think there's no doubt that it would be Denver. Um, specifically because Murray won out. I mean, look, they're still an excellent team. Jokic very well could end up pulling them through um, to a championship, especially um, with the way the new kid on the block is looking um, uh, and Michael Porter Jr. So nonetheless, I think it's just it's scary to think about any of these other teams and the firepower that they have. Uh, the one other kind of sleeper hit there might be the Clippers just because they've combusted so heroically um, and Kawhi doesn't really seem to show up all that much, at least in the regular season when it matters the most. I mean, it seems like a pretty straightforward analysis just because of injury, right? I mean, if, if I'm giving you these four teams and one of them has a major injury with Jamal Murray, it's a pretty easy selection. So I'll, I'll do the same. Although I'll also say, I and this is just me um, not accepting recency bias. This is probably me being stubborn, but I'm not afraid of Utah. Uh, they then, and perhaps I should be, I know the year they're having, I know the record they're having. I know the ass whoopings that they have laid at the, uh, at the warriors feet. But if it wasn't Denver, they're my first pick. It would be Utah who I'd want to see Mark. Are we being ridiculous or this your pick too? No, I think it's all reasonable. And, you know, if I was looking at things on paper, I would definitely go with Denver as well because Jamal Murray was such a, an energy booster for that team and one of the emerging young point guards in the league. But, you know, the Denver Nuggets, their credit, they've been remarkably resilient since his absence. And that has been a lot of their identity in the last few years, including when they overcame three, one series deficits, you know, in the bubble against Utah and the Clippers. So I think as much as it would make sense to choose Denver, I'm, you know, bullish in their ability to at least get past the first round. So huh. For the Warriors' case, I think their best-case scenario is that uh, they get in as a seventh seed. The Clippers, you know, get a little bit of a headway where they climb to number two and they face them. No matter how many changes the Clippers have gone through this past year with, you know, changing head coaches from Doc Rivers to Ty Lue, getting a good uh, point guard that can make plays and also hold the locker room accountable – and Rajon Rondo and have, you know, more practices and a healthier roster, most notably with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they haven't exactly changed their complete identity. They may have gotten, like, new antibiotics to treat their symptoms, but their symptoms are still there. And the symptoms are they're highly combustible. They get in their own way. They always they always collapse at the worst moments in pressure-packed situations. But I think when you have a Warriors team – that all you need is Steph Curry to give yourself a chance. He could, you know, replicate that crazy month in April that he had and bottle it into a seven-game playoff series, and that could be enough to upset them. So I, I would choose the Clippers over anyone else because of just their past and 
how, you know, even if on paper they look really dangerous, they haven't ever lived up, lived up to their potential. You know what my playoff wet dream is and what a weird way to put it. And it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, it's it's not going to match up the way that I would like. But last week, it looked like there was a possibility. You know what I would like more than a first round win? You know what I'd like maybe even more than a Western I already Conference know what it is. finals appearance? I would like to see Steph beat LeBron in a single elimination play-in tournament. I, I That would just be so incredible because I mean, there's a reason why LeBron is suddenly anti playing tournament, you know, and I'm pretty sure it at least has something to do with Steph's dominance. And if, if that, if that happened, if he knocked him out, because you know, it's not a seven game series, anything can happen in a single game. And if that actually went down, I might enjoy it more than like one of the KD titles. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little hyperbolic, wow. but that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping goes down, even though I know it wouldn't Mark, let me ask you this. All right. So let's say you had to bet a lot of money, something that means something to you, a rent payment, mortgage payment, something. Here's your first one. What round do you think the Warriors make it to this year? You know, where does their season end? Play in first round. How far do you think you make it? Yeah, they get to the first round and nothing else. I think that they're regardless of where they ultimately end up in the standings, as long as, you know, they don't fall beyond 10. I'm giving the Warriors the heavy favorites to get out of that play in tournament because Steph Curry is playing out of his mind, and, and that is the recipe that is most conducive in a play, a play in tournament. That, you know, this can cut both ways, but I'm more bullish on the scenario of Steph just carrying the team, playing out of his mind versus everyone else on the team sucking. So I see them getting past the play in tournament, but that's hard to then carry over into a first round matchup, especially because you're going to be playing against one of the best Western Conference teams. But I, I think from you know, a pure entertainment standpoint. And also for me, even though I don't have stakes, like I love writing stories, it would be really entertaining for me to see the Warriors face the Lakers in the playing tournament. You got that LeBron Steph rivalry going and, you know, an extension of their finals history now being transferred into the playing tournament. You see Steph beating LeBron, the Lakers not being able to defend their championship. And then the Laker or the Warriors facing the Clippers in the first round. They knock out both LA teams in one fell swoop. That would be amazing to watch. But I think if I had actually bet money on it, I don't think the Lakers will be in the play-in tournament. So they'll get in as a sixth seed. But I think the Warriors will advance out of, you know, whichever team they face, but then they'll lose in the first round, most likely to Phoenix or Denver. How about next year? Don't answer immediately. Think on it. So you have to bet a ton of money, you know, and and you know, Warrior fans secretly all year have been waiting for next year when Clay comes back. So if you had to put down a ton of money right now, betting on how far the Warriors make it in the 2021-2022 season, what do you say? I say they get to the second round. Um, they're going to be heading in the right direction, but there's still a lot of things that they'll have to adjust through here. Um, one involves Clay Thompson, even though that he's going to be, for the most part, the the positive part of the season because he's back. We don't know when exactly he's going to be back. He was suggesting during his uh, media availability not too long ago that it's going to be some time and maybe he's not there opening night. And then the nature of his injury, how many games will it take for Clay to be Clay again? And then number two, How's James Wiseman's second year going to develop? He, as you guys know, went through a lot of ups and downs his rookie season. Now 
he's going to be playing, having to play catch up because he missed the latter part of this season. He, he doesn't have any sort of summer league to participate in this upcoming summer. And while the Warriors expect him to be fully ready once next season's training camp starts, you also don't know, you know, what sort of process that will be with his injuries. So uh, I, I think it's uh, a little presumptuous, barring any crazy offseason move that's made, to think that the Warriors are all of a sudden back in the championship hunt. But they're going to be a definitive playoff team, but I think their ceiling would be the second round. MT, you're betting a mortgage payment. How far do they make it next year? Ooh, mortgage payment? Um, I think they make it to the Western Conference Finals. I think the offseason, to Mark's point, is just huge. There's so many different ways it can go that it's really hard to predict it. Um, I'd like to see them. It sounds like there's some um, some turbulence over there in Indiana um, with the so, did you see that um, assistant coach yell at the player for shooting the three and he told him to sit the f*** down? <laughs> That's not good? You don't like to see that kind of communication between players and coaches? And then they get ready to go try to fight each other? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so I always they, think that shit the f*** down shows nothing but respect. But respect. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But if they really decide to blow it up because they're underachieving and I know Karis LeVert hasn't been back and had the health scare, but if they decide to blow it up, like what if we offered Wiseman in the number two pick for Miles Turner and Brogdon? Like I think if you bring in those two players and then we decide what to do with Ubre, maybe let them go if just for money purposes. But I think those kind of moves will really dictate how far it would go. But as currently constructed right now, I'd put a mortgage payment on getting to the Western Conference files. If we make some good moves like that, and that good move includes not having Wiseman and doing getting a high pick, like hopefully it lands at four and we trade it. Um, for somebody good, I could see us getting to the finals. There is a movie a while back. I don't even know what to call it. Maybe a romantic comedy. I don't totally remember. But the movie was called Sliding Doors. And the premise was pretty easy. I think it was in London. And a woman runs down into the London tube, their subway, is going to get on a subway train or the tube train, whatever the f*** you call it. And um, she just misses it. The doors close in front of her. And from there on out, the movie actually has two plot lines. What happens because she didn't make it? And then another plot line, what would have happened had she made it? You know, sliding doors. Her life uh, takes two different paths. This offseason is a sliding doors offseason for the Warriors. And there are a ton of them. I mean, it starts with Minnesota's pick, right? And if, if the Warriors end up with the fourth pick um, or Minnesota gets a top three pick, sliding door moment. That's going to impact who the Warriors are, you know what, for the next 20 years. What they do with this offseason, there's a ton of sliding door stuff that we'll cover as we get a little bit closer to it. Um, personal question, Patreon Joe, our boy Joe, who has been nothing but awesome and supportive, asks us this, have you ever owned a jersey? And if so, what was your first? Maxime, you a jersey guy? Yeah, I do have a couple jerseys. Um, it took me a while. My parents would never buy me one, so it wasn't until I had enough money to get one myself, which actually means that it was more recent. And my first one was actually a Draymond jersey, and it was specifically the Christmas jersey from 2015, which was, I'm sorry, from 2016, um, with the cursive script on it the first time they unveiled that, and I thought it was so fire I had to pick one up. I So I'll answer the question and then give you more detail than you need. Uh, answer to the question for me was, I think, Jay Rich. I think as a kid, I had like this super generic 
Michael Jordan jersey that didn't even say Jordan on the back. It was just like a red number 23 that I picked up from like 7-Eleven or something. So the first real one I had was uh, Jay Rich. But the longer story is, and this isn't a shock, I look ridiculous in jerseys, like completely ridiculous. Dude, I've never been the right weight. Like in, in high school, I was too skinny and looked stupid there. Then after that, I got too like overweight and looked ridiculous then. And so when I put on a jersey, I always have to do that thing where you wear the shirt underneath it, which just kind of screams middle-aged old man. It doesn't really work at all. So I'm just not that much of a jersey guy. Uh, I'll even take it a step further. I legitimately believe that the NBA office agrees with me that most people look ridiculous in NBA jerseys, and that's why they created the sleeved jersey. I mean, I, I genuinely believe that. If, if you look around to anybody over the age of like, I don't know, 26, 27, generally speaking, they're all good wearing football jerseys. Generally speaking, they're all good wearing like hockey crap, but you don't see it that much or in baseball stuff too. You don't see it that much in uh, NBA jerseys. Why? Because there's no sleeves. Because you look ridiculous, and they came up with a sleeve jersey to address exactly that so uh i look stupid in jerseys but i have owned one and it was jay rich uh marcus mark where are you guys at i can confirm that you do look pretty silly in a jersey i remember your high school days yeah that's weird i feel like you misunderstood the question nobody <laughs> the question was not something hella specific how did marcus feel about bram in his jersey also factually incorrect because the only time i looked awesome in a jersey i did wear a shirt underneath that high school jersey but i cut off the arm on the shooting arm it didn't actually help me at all it made zero difference but it made me feel like the biggest badass like nice. if i was in hell of well would i have cut off this thing from my arm obviously not <laughs> um my first jersey ever was a bj armstrong warriors jersey i was a big <laughs> bj fan on the bulls um always wanted to be number 10 because of him and then he came to the warriors and wore 11 you look so stupid in it. You look so stupid in it. Also, I asked him to wear number 11. I personally went to him and said, F Mark is number 11. Where did you see? Do you even know how to shoot? No, we did not, which is why he didn't have to see. Exactly. But yeah, that was my first jersey. It was pretty It was pretty cool. It was the old school Warriors. Warriors one that pretty slick. So When's the last time you wore a jersey? Like in the last year, last three years? How recent? I went to a bachelor party in new orleans last year and the groom organized a five-on-five -five game and had jerseys, <laughs> jerseys. made with his name yeah. <laughs> that wait, wait wait finish that had jerseys made with what his name on it, it was no it was team his last name and then everybody had their last name on the oh. back and they were reversible so we could just stay on and play team red or team white the whole time is it weird that that really annoys me that if uh, <laughs> mark okay this is you i mean i'll just be personal if i show up to a bachelor party and they're like okay you have to wear jerseys immediately i'm a little annoyed there you know like we don't necessarily need that we could go shirt skin something but if they gave me the jersey and it had that dude's name on all of them i wouldn't say anything but that would definitely annoy me it feels a little pompous dude so for you would would you even am i being neurotic and even thinking that would you just grab the jersey and not care or you know would you kind of be pissy about it well it would depend on how many other people are doing it, how many drinks are in me already but i think normally and you know this is kind of to defend you brand a little bit about how you look in jerseys the nba and from what i've seen at games the vast majority of people that are wearing jerseys are kids and maybe some middle school high schoolers but there's very few adults that are wearing jerseys so like for me 
even if I wasn't covering the NBA, I would feel weird wearing a jersey anyway. I would feel a lot more comfortable just wearing like a T-shirt or a sweatshirt, anything beyond a jersey. But uh, just to fill in, you know, and finish the story, the first jersey that I wore, because um, I wound up um, following the NBA in the 90s and not really having a specific team. I just liked all the stars. I had a Shaq jersey, a Michael Jordan jersey, and then I had another Shaq jersey when he went to the Lakers and then young Kobe Bryant. But then at that point, I kind of felt apathetic about wearing jerseys, and I was like, I'm never wearing any more ever again. They cost too much money. I'll just wear team T-shirts, and that's it. I love it, and I'm also crazy distracted. Marcus, when he handed out those jerseys, did he, like, at some point point out that his name was on the back? Like, even though it was obvious, he's like, uh, <laughs> you guys may notice it. It's my last name back there. Like, was, was there some kind of unnecessary passive-aggressive, look how awesome these are? No, it wasn't his idea. One of the his groomsmen knew that we were going to play basketball, and he got them for everybody as a surprise. Uh, that's way less annoying. You know, I'm, I'm I sorry I, I asked the follow-up question. I think, I think that changes the scope of it. That's not this totally guy changes. being narcissistic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that sucks. That's unfortunate. And let's, Maxime, go ahead and cut that part out because that this is this is nowhere near as good of content. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, you understand its concept, but let me explain it for those who are not gambling degenerates. Out there, you can do things called over-under. They, they come with a number, and you guess whether or not something will be over or under that number. Let me give you boys some over-unders for Clay Thompson, because I agree. We were just talking about sli uh, sliding doors. One of those sliding doors will be how good Clay is next year. So I'll just go around the circle. Maxine, why don't you take it first? Over-under on games played for Clay Thompson, 65. Under. Yeah, I can take the under, too. Mark? Yeah, I take the under. Them too. Yeah, I'm going to go, well, does that count playoffs? Oh, great. No, regular Ooh. season. Regular season under. <laughs> Points per game, Clay Thompson, next year, 18. Uh, it pains me to say this, but under. Wow. They need wow. him. They need him to be. So I am also going to say under. He's never averaged um, – I think his career average is like 19 or something. So it's not, it's not a ridiculous number, but we need him to be a humongous part of next year's offense. Hopefully. I mean, all of our optimism about next year is surrounding Clay Thompson. If he's not playing more than 65 games, we're going to need more than 18 per game from him. Right. But I'm nervous about it. Um, I'll, I'll say push, you know, I, I think it's going to be right about 18. I'm going over. Um, I know I get your point. His career average is technically 19, but he's averaged 20 since 20, or, you know, just above 20 since 2014 15. So the only times he's averaged below 20 were his first three NBA seasons. So I think in nothing else, you know, Clay's numbers are going to be higher because they need him more. I mean, he's not playing with Kevin Durant and he doesn't have Andre Iguodala either. Um, but yeah, I get the complications with the injury, but. I think for me, why I'm more optimistic about his numbers beyond the need is that I, while I think that the injury will still be a factor, I think that's going to be mostly about when he's going to start the season. So that might sideline him, you know, the first two, three, maybe even a month of the season. But then sure. once he's back, once you get past whatever the handful of games is to get your conditioning under or caught up, 
he'll be able to shoot the ball the way he was before. MT? Yeah, I'm with Funky Cole Medina on this one. I think just a little bit yes. over. Yeah, I think just a point over, though. I think he averages 19. I actually just call Mark Q. It's weird. It's a little joke that we uh, <laughs> that we share with one another. Last over-under on Clay, and I'm afraid of this one. All-star games going forward for Clay Thompson. I put the number at .5 over-under. Wow, you don't think he's going to get one? I'd, I say over there. I didn't say I didn't, I didn't even you by under. I'm just putting the number at 0.5. All right, Maxime, I put it at 1.5. What do you take? Ooh. Yeah, look uh, at you. You're all goddamn cocky, and it turns out it was that you're at one. No, uh, no, no, no. No, I, I do think that he gets two. Mark. Let's yeah, it's it. definitely over. I've, yeah, keep it at 1.5. You take the over on, on him getting back? I, I would take the over, yep. MT? That's tough. There's a lot of good guards in the West. Um and they're ascending, you know? I mean, like Booker, uh, the Donovan Mitchell. I mean, like, you know, there's there's a whole nother crop of players who are getting better by the moment. Well, yeah, well, but he mind? also gets oh, slighted too, right? Like he always, when he didn't make the All-NBA team and his reaction was just like, really? You know, like it's because he just consistently gets overlooked because he's consistently too consistent. Um, I, I think he makes one more, but deserves to make three more so here here's an interesting wrinkle when it comes to all-star and all-nba i think where it tilts in clay's favor with the all-star beyond my optimism that he's going to be good when he gets back is that the coaches vote for the reserves and even though we don't Mm -hmm. know exactly which coach has voted for which all-stars over the years there tends to be a pattern of coaches always rewarding guys who have been there before that have been on winning teams and it's more likely that they would choose for example tim duncan later in his career even though he's playing such a relegated role compared to his prime versus a young up-and-coming player so i think that that can fall under clay because of the body of work that he's shown as well as just his own comeback story Get ready for an invasive personal question. My favorite kind of questions. So this gentleman would like to know, have you, quote, ever hated a complete stranger for no real reason? So I want your guys' answers, but let's make this fun. What we're going to do is go around and we're going to guess what our respective answers will be. Let's start with me, gentlemen. So I will be honest. Of course, I will tell you, do you think... I have ever hated a complete stranger, somebody I know nothing about, never had an interaction, don't know their name, nothing about. Have I ever hated them for no reason? You definitely have hated someone for no reason. Maxime? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is this over the past 24 hours? Like, can we get like past two hours? You know, let's make this at least somewhat interesting. (laughs) MT, clean sweep? Oh yeah. If you put the over under it, 20 people in your lifetime I'm picking over 20 wow. people in my life oh, okay <laughs> 20 people in my lifetime let's actually address uh, Maxine's question the answer to both of those is a resounding yes dude <laughs> I hate strangers probably on a daily basis I'll give you a stupid ass example that shows really my continuing need for 
I mean, all encompassing therapy. I was my, my kids getting uh, swim lessons and she got some swim lessons yesterday. And so I was up at the pool watching and just out of nowhere, this guy I've never seen in my life. I know nothing about him. He's, I, I would imagine providing swim lessons to kids, get out of the water and was so remarkably good looking. Like this guy was like a fucking, like a, like a model that it annoyed me so much. I decided I hated him. And right when I thought I couldn't hate him more, he went to his gym bag and started drinking soy milk. Now the, on its own, there's nothing like that. If I'm a normal person, there's no reason for that to bother me, but who the hell drinks milk at a pool, let alone soy milk. And so even that got me angry, dude. So yes, I hate strangers all the time. I'm not proud of it. It's not a good thing. I'd like that to stop, but it is true. Uh, that was me, by the way, too. Sorry, I didn't have any water with me. I had to drink soy milk when I you got out You say of the pool. that as if I don't know what you look like, dude. <laughs> I know who you were. One, I don't know what you were doing up there. Two, I happen to know that you can drink regular milk. So what was up with the soy? Three, also, I hate you. But you're ruining you're ruining kind of the idea here. You're supposed to be a stranger. Uh, let's go to Maxime and let's guess. Mark, has Maxime... You know, is he that kind of a person? Do you think he's seen strangers and thought to themselves, you know what, man, F this guy or this girl? Nah, he seems like a much nicer person than you. Okay, you could have just said no. I mean, I'm not sure if I needed to be its baseline. Um, I, I've got, so Maxime is a nicer person than me. That is true. But he also has some like real downsides too, you know, which is why he and I have, have built a friendship as quickly as he have. So I'm saying yes. I don't know if he'll tell us yes, but I think, you know, in the internal workings of his mind, he's hated a couple strangers in his day. Uh, Marcus, what's your guess? I'm definitely going yes. I think Maxime is a super nice guy, but he lives by some principalities. And when people cross those, he doesn't like you and he, he he's not afraid to let you know he hates you. He may say it internally, but he's felt that hate for somebody for doing something he didn't like. He'll hit you right in the face with a light on the way up a ladder. <laughs> Maxime, what's up? Have you hated people or are you uh, healthier than me? No, I've definitely hated people. And you know what? I was going to say that I was going to roll enroll in something like Stranger Haters Anonymous because I do have a problem with hating on strangers. But but Marcus has totally flipped the script for me, and I really appreciate that. It is about principles. You know, I hate when I see – I saw somebody the other day pushing his stroller across the street while texting. Don't f- push a kid across the street while you're texting like be paying attention to your kid i just if don't have get soy it. milk if he had soy milk i hate that guy too of course obviously he had just come from a swim swim lesson you know <laughs> well then i may have known this wait a minute was it marcus i knew it dude <laughs> he's all over the place uh all right let's turn this judgmental eye to marcus god i love these these judgy questions um yes of course he has of course he's hated people i feel like we all have if i'm being honest like i don't i don't think it's possible to go through a day-to-day life without hating a couple of strangers. But, you know, that's just my psychopathic approach on life. But I say, yeah, Marcus will tell us yes. Well, Bram, can we interrupt here? I mean, I was getting a little confused of what we're answering. Are we saying, have we hated any stranger that has done nothing wrong at all or that did something and then no, no, no. Somebody you have literally never had an interaction with, you know, so for, for point of reference, I would imagine when Maxime saw that dude crossing the street, they never talked. He doesn't know his name. You know, there's never been a syllable uttered between them. I can tell you for sure that lifeguard, I don't even think he knew I was there too. Like I've never <laughs> seen that guy ever, but in the 45 seconds that I was considering him white hot hatred, you know, like I was, I was all the way in. So that kind of a thing, they don't have to, they don't have to screw you. You just hate them for no reason. Do you think Marcus has had that happen? 
Hmm. I don't. I think Marcus is good people. <laughs> I hate the way you're phrasing this. I don't mind telling you. Uh, I've already guessed yes. Maxime, you're our final uh, precursor here. Yeah, for the same reasons. You know, it, it takes one to know one. He's a principled man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the answer is absolutely. And it has mostly to do with being around sports, too. Like my one quick example, I was playing away at this tournament and was running down the sidelines and one of the fans yelled at me and said I was Steve Urkel because I was pretty skinny back in the day. And oh, oh, well, they did boy. something to you, dude. What are you talking about? Oh, boy. That's not oh, a stranger. Yeah. That's an asshole. Yeah, and I went for 20 the second half and looked at him every time I scored a basket. True story. <laughs> yeah, this this sounds like your Dr. Dre story again, dude. I don't know. <laughs> this fool is just Dr. setting Dre things up. That when we were talking about, is there anything you could ever take back? Have you ever had a moment that you were embarrassed that you wish hadn't happened? Marcus set up a, a scenario where he basically punched Dr. Dre and was like, I wish that hadn't happened. I, I'll give you a set. Like, if I saw somebody who looked like Steve Urkel, I might hate them just because they look like Steve Urkel without any real justification. <laughs> of course you hated that dude. He was taking shots at you. I don't even feel like that answer really counts. Well, these are your silly rules, so I'm just answering the question. Yeah, well, you violated the rules with your answer. Mark was confused. Maxime and I are on the same team about principles. You know, this is the way this is going. Yeah, okay, narrator. I remember. You look like <laughs> Steve Urkel. I don't mind telling you that. You look just <laughs> like him, dude. So too bad for Coming you. out of a pool drinking soy milk. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Mark understood the question. We already know what he's going to say. He's going out of his way to be like, oh, I think everybody's healthier than Bram. So of course they haven't hated any strangers. So he's going to tell us no. All of his hatred is spent uh, defacing LeBron murals. No strangers at all. So my guess is no. Are, are you guys in agreement? Yep. Nope, I think he has. Ooh. Mark has Mark has that fire in him. Marcus is a perceptive dude. Here's the thing. To your original question, have I ever hated strangers that have that didn't do anything to me? No, I haven't ever done that. But I've disliked or maybe even hated strangers that have done things for the same reason. It's rubbed MT the wrong way, like the principle. Um, I think especially during this last year, like when you see social media trolls or, uh, you know, even people in general, like make racist comments, obviously that's gets under my skin. Um, you know, the bad drivers, the people who don't wear masks. And okay. You bastards. The, the question is not, like, are you things, Gandhi? Yes. I'm not asking, do you always turn the other cheek, dude? Yes. I understand that if somebody punched you in the face, you wouldn't necessarily yes. like them. All right. Fair enough. Last question for today you know what but i'm gonna shift it only because you asked about uh the dr dre story so i'm gonna put it right back to you all right so has mark ever asked a question or had a moment during a press conference that he wishes he could have back to give you a little uh space on it we asked this to connor and he actually gave us his firsthand account of a story you gave to us a while back when he came off asked draymond a question that insinuated he was huge pro uh, gentrification, you know, and immediately thought like, Ooh, not the right move. And I have a million of these. So like, if you need some moment from my life that I'm embarrassed of, I'm happy to give you another one. But if, if you already have one in mind, fire away, something you, you asked, said something you wish you could take back. Let's see. There haven't been any like regrettable questions per se, but there are definitely some memorable moments where I thought, hmm, like I didn't know it was going to go there. 
And so while I don't regret the question, I kind of regret the way I played out. Like when I asked, I asked Kevin Durant the first game uh, Draymond played after their whole blow up. I, I asked them how things are going and how things have evolved because previous to that, I asked Kevin, hey, they hashed things out and he said no. <laughs> and I asked, when do you think it'll happen? He's like, I have no idea. It's a long season. And he said, don't ever ask me that question again. And it, it felt like someone pulled the record. <laughs> but to his credit, a few days later, he pulled me to the side and like cleared the air and apologized. Um, but I don't regret asking because it's something that needed to be asked. Like there's a difference between being that like guy that's being, you know, being a dead horse and asking, Hey, like, how are you and Draymond? Like four months into the season? Yes. But it was literally the first game that Draymond played since her whole blow up. And there are a lot of things that they're trying to show on the court to suggest that they're on better terms. Um, so yeah, don't regret it though. I could literally make this a weekly segment where I just gave you guys a story every week on something I wish I could take back. Uh, so I'll, I'll hold off. I do have thousands, but we're running out of time. And instead, I'm going to ask you this, Mark. So we're going to cover this in greater detail next week. We're not going to have you, so I need your take. I am undoubtedly going to be placing a bet on who's going to win the NBA championship. Um, I, you know, I love the Warriors. I think that they're going to have some success in the playoffs. Don't think they're a championship team. And I want someone to root for, right? And so I'm buying interests. I want a protagonist during this upcoming movie. Here are the options. At the end of this, I want you to tell me, Mark, who you'd suggest I put $100 on. So Brooklyn is plus 220. If I bet 100, I win 220. Los Angeles Lakers, if I bet 100, I win 375. Los Angeles Clippers, if I bet 100, I win 550. Milwaukee and Philly, if I bet 100, I win 900. Atlanta, if I bet one or I bet 100, I win 6,600. 66 to 1. So, what should I do? Who do you think is going to win? How would you put this $100 down? Wow, that's a really tough question. I'm going to give you an answer. You're not going to like it, but it depends if you want happiness or money, which one you value more. I, I think that you bet on the Lakers. Look, things don't look great now, but I'm more bullish on by the time the playoffs start, LeBron, James, Anthony Davis will be healthy and back up to speed versus the injury questions with the Brooklyn Nets. I know that James Harden just recently was saying that he's about to return soon, but I could also see a scenario where his hamstring acts up again or maybe Kyrie has an injury or Kevin does because he's had a handful. So I'm more optimistic that even if things look dicey now with the Lakers, that they'll be better off long-term with the Nets. And then I think the Clippers are going to go clip. And that while the Atlanta Hawks have been a nice overachieving team under Nate McMillan, like there's no way in hell – they're winning the NBA title. So it all depends. Do you do you want some extra green or do you want some happiness? I, mean, I would say that the odds makers agree with you. The idea that the Lakers are kind of flirting with the play-in tournament, and they're not. I mean, we already kind of broke down that they're going to make it. But where they are in the standings versus where they are on this odds sheet shows you that everybody expects them to kind of figure it out, get it together, assuming health is following. Uh, so we'll see which way I'm going to go. Mark. 
I will mark. I, geez, we're much closer. Q. What? Yeah, this is huge fun. Jokes, funky Cole Medina, huge fun. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I know that I'm not alone. I also know that people need more funky Cole Medina in their life. Where should they turn? Where can we find your work? Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, USA Today, we still deliver a paper around the country, and we also got a website, usatoday.com, my social media channels, Twitter, Mark G underscore Medina, and Instagram is Medina Syracuse. And um, I'm probably going to be having a Warriors-related story out within the next week, so stay tuned to that. Looking forward to it. Love the tease. You want to reach out to us, let us know. Good job, bad job, any job. You want to get us some questions for us to consider for Warriors Oracle, send them to warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Our only social media presence is uh, on Twitter at Warriors Huddle. And then finally, I wanted to say something really fast about Patreon. So we've been on Patreon for a while. You guys are nice enough to support us on there. And I can't tell you how much that support means to us. It makes this show go. If you get up on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, look up Warriors Huddle, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And we've been struggling to figure out some way to pay you back. And I think I have dialed it in. I announced this a couple of weeks ago. We're going to add a competition for the Patreon people on a game-by-game basis. If you are one of our Patreon supporters and you guess two times in a row how many points Steph is going to go for with how many threes, we will send you a hundred bucks, no questions asked. So you're helping the hell out of us with a small amount of money, and we will desperately try to give you an opportunity to win that back. And if ultimately all you're doing is giving us your time, not your money, we appreciate you too. But I had to get out there and say it because really those Patreon dollars uh, mean a lot. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good.